Hello, everyone. Uh, let's welcome to Vampire Weekday, the podcast where we overanalyze the hell out of Vampire Weekend songs um, and try to find a deeper meaning within them. Uh, once again, I'm joined by my co-host uh, Kevin. Uh, thanks for being here. And uh, Nico, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, good. Just uh, we we record these podcasts on Saturdays for anyone who. Who doesn't know and um and we were talking earlier about how college game day and football is back so that's a interesting uh tidbit to our mornings now um the other thing is i mean it's we're, we're, we're recording these um i think for the foreseeable future doing each saturday is fun but also the fact that we're recording this having not released the previous episode we're kind of in limbo Nico knows more about this. But we're kind of in limbo with um, our podcast host, which is kind of exciting. We're kind of unverified, kind of bad boys, if you will, right yeah, now, just is, hanging out out here. This is true. Currently, so that's kind of exciting. Currently, we're waiting for Apple Podcasts and Spotify to approve us. So hopefully, we get there. Because we, yeah, I mean, we we couldn't give you this to you guys on some baloney forum. I mean, we could, but I mean, if we can put this on Apple, if we can let Tim Cook listen to us talk about Vampire Weekend, then I'd say more power to us. Yeah, come on, Tim Cook. Let us let us talk about Vampire Weekend. It's the right thing to do. Um, okay, so so for our episode today, we're going over Campus from Vampire Weekend's first episode, uh, first, first album, uh, Vampire Weekend. Um, and so let's dive in. Um, so I think the surface level story definitely that sticks out is a one night stand would you say yeah it's it's funny because that was obviously something that camp and research i never really it's not initially came to me and it's definitely a, a storyline that fits here the the one thing that gives me pause is i have a hard time seeing how the first verse is the same story quote unquote as the second verse so that's that's what gives me a little pause um and that's something we could probably get into um i just am having difficulty seeing how these the same character Mm -hmm. well i think uh there's a quote by uh rostam um the primary songwriter of the song um Mm -hmm. That says he it was in a reddit ama and he said the song is kind of about unrequited love and longing and I feel like in this Ezra or whoever the character is, um, because this this song uh, was actually written by Rostam, but based on a short story called Cruel Professor in um, oh. a collection, um, a collection of short stories by Ezra in college. Uh, and the collection was called Cape Cod Quasa Quasa. Um, and so I was unable to find that short story, unfortunately. Uh, I feel like that would help a lot. But um, but that's where I'm getting the fact that the, the character is probably Ezra uh, Koenig or some manifestation. That was some pretty, in- that was some pretty intense vampire weekend lore we just got there mm-hmm. um yeah i mean if there's if there's if there's a source that's more or less saying that's the case then i'm 
I'm more than happy to go that route. And it's, it's funny because last week we talked about that collages theme. And again, from 40,000 feet, this looks like far more of a story than a lot of the other songs on the album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I think there's some elements of the collage uh, within that story, but I think there is a cohesive story here, which I was kind of surprised about. Um, Cause uh, I guess we'll dive into specific lyrics here because there's just certain phrases here uh, that sound too aesthetically pleasing that on like first listen I always thought it was just like oh that sounds cool let's throw it in there like it didn't have like a deeper meaning like uh-huh. like uh, cruel professor studying romances um, but I think it's that, it, yeah I, I think that might be talking about the girl and she's she's a professor teaching him the the cruel ways of love oh oh see that's great and it's like it's it's it it, you could very easily mistake it as just being a throwaway because we're just kind of throwing a bunch of stuff at you Mm -hmm. but yeah when, when you throw that in there this thing fits together a lot more cohesively exactly and I, I will say the one lyric that I, I think is probably just thrown in there for the aesthetic is the spilled kefir on your kefir. Um, I, 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 I mean, it's, it's an awkward thing to do. And I think that's the point within the story that he mm-hmm. does that after the one night stand. And so it just makes it more awkward and more uncomfortable for the girl uh, who doesn't doesn't long for him but he's like trying to he has this unrequited love um but i think the choice of words doesn't really have too much meaning i uh, i think it's just uh just a few words that sounded very ivy league sophisticated grammar exactly collegiate yeah um kevin you want to go ahead and tell your story about with those lyrics yes i because when we started talking about this, I mean, I, I texted Nico. I'm like, you know, we could do an entire episode on how Ezra says coffee in this song. <laughs> and it took you a sec to respond. And it's not like I haven't heard of kefir before, but it's like, I just thought Ezra was being like, like kind of like, again, Ivy league on purpose there by saying, coffee instead of coffee but it turns out that was not the case um that was a fun one i i, I enjoyed i enjoyed being wrong on that one because that was really exciting and then nico you brought up the point that he's doing his part to kind of educate folks like me who think of coffee first and so maybe we should be thinking of kefir first yeah let's let's dive into uh woke woke vampire weekday um where we were talking about the possibility of it being um, an allusion to coffee as it sounds similar but in reality what it's addressing is the white supremacy of language um, in that we assume the language fits our prior concepts and uh, and uh, the American nuclear family culture uh, and coffee is like one of the quintessential things of that 
Uh, but, and maybe he's uh, trying to address that. <laughs> it worked for me. I mean, look, look, <laughs> it, and we're, 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 we're talking about it. It worked, it worked for me. <laughs> so that's, that's probably. Um, there are, there are. That, that might be one of the biggest stretches we'll take on the show, but you know, I'm I don't know if it's bigger stretches, it. holy see. But, I mean, <laughs> yeah, well. But you, I mean, you mentioned that there are a lot of great, lot, lots of great word choices, a lot of great phrases. And looking, I mean, right at that first line, I wake up my shoulders cold, of course, coming from giving me the cold shoulder. Um, oh, is there oh, anything? Wow. Is there, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I just See, thought, like, getting out of bed. Yeah, oh my exactly. And it's, that's what I figure. I mean, I, that's, that's I'm so assuming good. that's what he's going no, for, that's, right? That's but it's interesting. Be it. That's what I'm thinking. And it's, again, I, we might be reading into this too much, but it's almost like you talk about the phrase giving somebody the cold shoulder. He's kind of almost, by saying my shoulder's cold, there is he's some sense in which he's putting the onus on himself. Yes. Mm. Um, Wow. Yeah. No, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. The shoulder. Yeah. I and I, I I and I think that kind of plays into your thought on it being a one night stand situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just I just was thinking surface level, as in like his shoulders cold because he hasn't put a shirt on yet. <laughs> no. Um, it, it, again, we're 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 exploring a theme here where there is. There is no wasted lyric in these songs, mm-hmm. which is a beautiful thing. And to 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 see that as as I I have I have a hard time seeing it as just a, a purely surface level thing because like obviously like you're right you wake up it's cold in the morning but also to 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 specifically choose the shoulder mm-hmm. as the as the part of the body there I think yeah. I think that's what we're going for there. That's that's got to be spot on. Um, yeah, there's definitely a lot in these lyrics that Ezra seems to manipulate language in a way that, um, it, it manipulates these phrases that we've heard so many times before, um, into, to where you hear it and you're just like, okay, I don't really recognize that phrase, but it's like a mixing up of an idiom or something like that. Um, and you see this a lot in other songs of his, um, like Step, um, Step, the, the chorus is the gloves are off, the wisdom teeth are out. And it's just Mm -hmm. something like that, where it's these, these phrases that everyone says, like, um, like I don't even know what the idioms are, but it's just like so, so like reminiscent of like all these weird idioms we hear that don't really have like mm-hmm. a literal meaning, but just have like a meaning tied to the language. Um, yeah, it's just it, he definitely warps language in that way, um, to where there's double meanings in a lot of these lyrics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I completely hear you on that. Um, what do we, how do we feel about the, the coda, if you will? Uh, in the afternoon, you're out of the stone and grass, and I'm sleeping on the balcony after class. Mm-hmm. Is, that, 
Is there anything to read into here? Um, yeah, so I found one thing that I thought was really cool. Um, so both, both settings, the stone and grass and the balcony, both of them are references to actual settings at, um, at Columbia. Um, oh, okay. That's and cool. uh, where, where all of the band went to college. And mm -hmm. so the stone and grass is um, the grass lawns um, that have like stone sidewalk at Columbia. Um, okay. And um, real, real quick, I'll bring up this that someone brought up, but I don't, I don't necessarily agree with. Um, more, more woke vampire weekday, but uh, stone and grass, they were saying <laughs> is an illusion uh, a twisting of the words, like we said earlier, of stolen grass, the way he says it. So it's stone and grass, stolen Ooh. grass, because apparently Colombia is built on what used to be native land. Um, but I don't, I don't. Could I mean, yeah, I mean, the whole, the whole island, Manhattan Island is, yeah. is, is Native American land that was purchased for it, probably it, less than it should have been. It could be, and um, I guess it's not too much of a stretch in the sense that on the offer bio for the short story collection from Ezra, he's described as writing about post-hippie domestically in the tenuous connection between preppiness and colonialism. So in Ooh. that sense, it's not Ooh. a stretch. I like that. Um, I mean, I feel like we could do a whole episode on just that. Preppiness that and sentence. colonialism. That's a great, that's <laughs> a great quote. I mean, it's not great, but it's like, there's a lot to read into <laughs> there. <laughs> um, wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to bookmark that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I, I have a hard time reading into this. Um, if anything, it's, it's, it's 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 a or reading it too much. If anything, it's just a mm -hmm. it's a nice little stanza that is undeniably collegiate. When you talk about grass, oh. and you're thinking about oh. water, something yeah. like that. I think, and I think that's a good way to close the song. Um, yeah, I guess I guess it's, uh, that's what I would say is just it's something to remind us that we're in a we're in a college setting. Um, it keeps the song brief. I keeps it keeps it concise in that in that regard i definitely agree and when i listened to it for the first time without or not for the first time but just when researching this without looking at other people's interpretations that's kind of what i got i wrote down it's a rhythmic rhyming rhyming extreme scheme because you have grass class and it, hmm. it kind of bounces it's out on the stone and grass sleeping on the balcony after class and it's just very rhythmic mm -hmm. and rhyming and then like you said it's a very collegiate aesthetic um so you're just reminding people of the collegiate setting um and even even like an ivy league collegiate like a northeastern college setting um but I did like someone's interpretation in that the balcony is actually in reference to the Hamilton balcony, the Hamilton Hall balcony at Columbia University, um, where Ezra did in fact take naps 
um, after class during his time at Columbia. But the main takeaway is that Ezra is retreating inward to this like inside balcony and like longing for like happiness, looking outside at the stone and grass. Ooh. And while she's out and about living her life in, in the stone and grass. That's good. I like that. And I yeah, feel and like I, that I, doesn't it, disqualify it, 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 the the collegiate feel that set, it sets up. No, I like I, it has both. I completely. And looking at the song as a whole, that is in some sense a reflection of the first line. Ezra's in his in his bedroom, or the, our main character, I should say, is in his bedroom, um, looking outside and seeing this this love interest walking around outside, and very similar setting for, 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 for beginning and end here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like you said earlier, I was surprised with how much, how much of a story driven song this was. Yes. Um, because I feel like with the initial listen, you, you just think, Oh, collegiate atmosphere. It's like very, like you, you have the setting just like, perfectly ingrained in your head when you're mm-hmm. listening um but it's not till later listens that you really hear the story in full um so i thought i thought that was really interesting mm-hmm. overall yeah i completely enjoyable um one last thing i want to bring up i mentioned this to nico um but rostam has i, I don't know I, I don't know i don't know if it's a demo track or what it was um rostam has a version of this song where he's singing lead vocals and it's the same song there's a few minor lyrics changed but nothing to change the meaning or the story of the song in any way um but rostam has a, a kind of a grander broader voice uh, uh whereas we know ezra to have that kind of more of a biting higher pitched tone um and the music the music matches it. it's kind of a stringed um i think i believe it's string instruments playing the background and then it's Rostam singing these same lyrics but that kind of creates a I guess you could call it a lazier effect and it also seems apathetic at times mm, which okay. is interesting because I always thought about the the how am I supposed to pretend I never want to see you again I I, I, I was torn back and forth on is this a desperation thing or is is is, is our is our main character annoyed at this but then listening to Rostam's version, it comes across as being, like I said, kind of apathetic and almost lazy. And I'm curious if that was ever an internal decision of the band. Like, how do we want to portray this song? Because as we've seen, especially on Father of the Bride, Ezra can definitely create kind of an easier sound with his voice. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't the case here. It's, it's, it's kind of that lilting, bitier feel. Um, so again, it's, it, it, it's a question of almost like we had last week with Unbelievers where you had that lyric changed, um, at the last minute. It's almost like, did we have a change in tone and change of emotional direction, um, with how we wanted this to be sung? Yeah, for sure. Do you think, I haven't heard this version yet, but do you think, um, it, if you heard this version first that you would 
you would be less inclined to to say it's about the collage, the collegiate feel, and more about the story because of the more tense uh, vocals. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a good question. Um, I guess I'm kind of biased because it's it's like an old school YouTube video. It's, mm-hmm. it's from like 2009, and it's literally just like Rostam campus with like crappy yeah. like font and a picture of some building which i can only assume was at columbia so i I guess it's hard to not think of that um Mm -hmm. i i if anything i guess i would say it feels less so um i wouldn't say it feels completely uncollegiate but i would i guess i would say in in my most unbiased attempt it feels less so yeah it's worth listening to i think if you you just google rostam campus it should come up oh yeah i have it pulled up right now i'm i'm excited to listen to it after (laughs) Um, but I, I think one, I think a good thing we can end this, the, the, this episode on is talking about the, the skill level and like what it takes for Vampire Weekend to consistently on this first album, create this collegiate feel. Like we haven't even addressed the fact that collegiate feel that's just like an expression without meaning what does that mean like preppiness like i don't no know no one knows um but like no no one no, can describe no. it you but everyone knows anybody who isn't i think you can make the case that it's a it's a I, I don't know what it's like to attend a university in another country but from what i can gather it is a more uniquely american experience mm-hmm so I, I, it is something that I think you do have to learn, but it is learned through culture. And I think a lot of folks understand it. And you're right. When you say collegiate feel, like that shouldn't mean anything. A college mm-hmm. is a place where you learn stuff, but to, we, we can say an academic feel, a collegiate feel. And that does mean something to most people. So you bring up a good point. Yeah, I, I just think it's very interesting how, like time and time again, I see Vampire Weekend's early music described as like that collegiate style. Um, and so I, I just think it's interesting because you don't, you don't really hear of other bands being described as that, even if they're around like college age. Yeah, I mean, college rock was kind of a thing in like the the mid to late eighties going into the nineties. Mm-hmm. But that really was more of like a, we're an alternative rock band. It's on an independent label. So college radio stations are going to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is, this is a different thing. I mean, obviously an independent field of this group um, and obviously a very inspiring indie band, but you're, you're right. It's a different thing, but it's still undeniably collegiate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to have a song named campus helps that a lot. <laughs> yeah yeah the song title definitely puts you on that yeah for sure. um mm. no good stuff um yeah good song yeah so i think now it's time to rank our two songs we've uh we've uh analyzed uh you want to go first i'm gonna put unbelievers ahead unbelievers okay. is a fantastic song i i, um, I gotta agree with you mm-hmm. it, it's just there's, there's, I, I was impressed by campus. I didn't think it would get this close. I completely agree. Yeah. So I, I would still put Unbelievers first. Uh, I really love like the, 
uh, all of the religious uh, symbolism within it. Um, as a theology major, it's just like a, a minefield of religious symbolism. Mm -hmm. um, but I was so shocked with how deep and dense campus is um, for like, what what is it, two and a Absolutely. half minute, like a little, little quick yeah. song. Um, yeah, that was fun to see. Okay, so now our final segment of the show to pick the song for next week. What's our hat? What's our hat? Oh, oh yeah. So the hat is a uh, red toucan. toucan. Um, oh, that's a good looking hat. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah. Okay, so our song for next week is California English. Oh, okay. So next week. All right. In. Tune in next week to hear us analyze California English. Thanks for ha uh, joining us today.